there, punky peeps! How's it going? I do apologize for getting this episode out late. They normally, you know, I've been trying to keep them coming out on on Monday, but it was just kind of had a bunch, you know, stuff going on with the roof and everything, and just uh, lost track of time. I basically took me a while to get these notes done, because I'd been doing a couple, you know, the mini episodes, which are only 11 to 12 minutes long, and then getting back into the regular format, which is the normal, without commercials, it's 23 minutes, so, it covered a lot of stuff, so I wanted, you know, I could have gotten it out yesterday, but it's like, I don't want to rush this, I want to be able to do it so you guys can enjoy it, so, all right. Did you all have a wonderful Easter weekend? I did. My husband Jeremy and I went to his mother's place and had some good food. We had ham slices, cornbread, green bean casserole, and Cracker Barrel mac and cheese, which I guess Cracker Barrel, um, it's a restaurant, and they do, there aren't, I don't know if there's a whole, many, a lot of those Cracker Barrel restaurants around, but they put out, um, box mac and cheese. I haven't, I don't know if they have anything else out there yet, but this is my first time trying the homemade Cracker Barrel mac and cheese with bacon, and it was really good. We also had a pineapple upside down cake for dessert with Cool Whip. And yes, for all of you wondering, my new roof has been put on, and it looks very nice. We went with the typical black. It was, before it was like kind of a reddish brown color so it's like eh, I'll go with a typical black a lot of people have black roofs like we're gonna go with that so um Quinn my cat she was really nervous about all the noise because she usually stays in her bedroom which is directly under the roof and so she was freaking out and everything I thought you know I looked under the bed she wasn't there I looked in a lot of different places. I looked under the couch in the family room, but she wasn't there. But I didn't look under the arm of the couch, which is where she was. She was really freaked out. Um, when my husband got home, she was upstairs. He brought her down to eat, and she wasn't really having it. She wasn't really hungry or anything. But, you know, now she's she's back to her old self now. So, so that's, that's good. Um... My rabbit, London, did absolutely fine. He didn't have any problems with the roof. He was pretty much his normal self. Uh, I was so happy I got last Friday off for Good Friday. Did anyone else have it off? It was such a beautiful day. It was probably in the, um, the low 60s. So I took a trip to Grand Rapids. I went to the bookstore and I got a few books and the movie The Namesake, which I really love. It's a beautiful movie. Then I went to Burger King for lunch because it was about 11.30. It's like, yeah, it's going to be getting around lunchtime. If I want to go, I better get there before, you know, it gets busy. So I, I got their A1 steak burger and I had onion rings. Very, very good. I didn't really finish all of the burger. I felt bad, but I wasn't going to take it home. It's not going to do well sitting in a, in a warm car. After that, I visited with my grandma for a little bit. Then I went to visit my dad, who wasn't home. Then I just decided to go home because by then it was probably about, you know, it was going on one thirty. So... Yeah, and then after that, you know, I was so tired because I got home. I got home probably about close to three, and I've been driving around since nine a.m. And let me tell you, I mean, for those of you that drive, if you're driving around all day, that kind of wears that wears me out. At least I don't know about the rest of you, but um, Jeremy and I, since I had Friday off, we were going to do KFC for dinner. I really, I don't get Fridays off, so it was like a special treat. Well. I went and when I got there, there was an ambulance and two police cars and an emergency vehicle there. And I walked in and I saw two paramedics that were lifting someone onto a stretcher behind the counter. So the register wasn't open. So I was told to try the drive through. But it was like four cars deep. And I'm like, eh, we'll just have to do this another day. So I just went home. And since Jeremy had to work late, which he wasn't expecting, we did KFC on Saturday. Alright guys, that was my weekend, so let's get on with the show, and welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today, today I will be reviewing Season 1, Episode 6, entitled Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and here's a little summary. 
Uh, the episode aired on October 21st, 1984. As the Cubs play in their first postseason championship since 1945, proud Cubs fan Henry tries to get tickets for Punky and his himself. Alright, we got some actual episode trivia this time around. This episode aired two weeks after the final game of the 1984 National League Championship Series. The Cubs lost to the San Diego Padres in two games to five. As of the 2005 season, the Cubs still have not been back to the World Series since 1945. Well, IMDb did not update their trivia for this because... The Chicago Cubs did win the World Series last year, 2016, on November 2nd. So, they might want to update that. (laughs) Um, Another little bit of trivia. Bonnie Urseth plays Sister Mary in this episode. The actress can again be seen in a much more complex and heartbreaking role in Season 2's The Gift. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen that episode it is heartbreaking, and it is sad, and it's gonna, you know, it really brings to the forefront how people with disabilities are treated, especially even, uh, you know, adults with disabilities. So once I get to season two, which honestly, I, I looked at the calendar and everything, and if I'm going correctly, you know, a new episode each week, I'll probably be done with season one probably at the end of summer. So I might do a little something special. I was thinking um, when I wrap up season one, I thought maybe do a best of five, the five best episodes I feel are my favorite for the season one. Or, or, you know, maybe even the best of five of the worst one. So we'll see once we get there. You know, summer hasn't even gotten here yet. It's coming, but... You know, I'll, I'll make that decision, or, you know, maybe I'll even ask you guys what you guys might want me to do. So, we'll see. We'll see once we get there. All right. Let's get into this episode. So, the episode begins with Betty sitting on the couch looking through a beauty magazine. She holds the magazine against her, trying to imitate the model with her hand up kind of near the side of her head. You know how witches turn sideways looking off into the distance? You know, like a model poses. Cherry calls out off-screen from the bedroom. Grandma, close your eyes. We have a surprise for you. And Betty's like, "Uh uh-uh, no way. Last time I did that, I ended up with a water balloon on my head. Which, yeah, I wouldn't want to close my eyes either if a kid were telling me to do that. Please, Mrs. Johnson, we want to show you our Halloween costumes. Punky calls out. Oh, all right. Betty says, but this better be a treat and not a trick, she tells them. Introducing the Queen of the Nile, Cleopatra, Punky announces, and Cherry comes through the door, dressed in a large blue dress, tied off in the middle with a tie, probably one of Henry's, um, and wearing a red dyed... A red-dyed Raggedy Ann mop on her head with a gold-spray-painted bedazzled visor holding a potato masher in one hand and a whisk in the other. I really like how um, the set decorators or uh, the costume designers did Cherry's costume. It's really, really cool. Also, the long collar kind of encircling her neckline is decked out with bobbles and yellow pen- <laughs> yellow pencils, and the bottom of it is lined with a phone cord. It's a very nice costume. Like I said, the wardrobe department did a really good job. And now Cherry says, she announces, And now, the greatest adventurer of them all, Indiana Punky! Cherry announces, which... Um, Punky comes in dressed as Indiana Jones, complete with a brown leather jacket, a fedora-type cowboy hat rimmed with pink around the edge, and a purple and black bandana wrapped around the top. A yellow bandana is around her neck, and she's got a yellow whip, which she cracks in the air several times as she walks out. I love this outfit. I love, um... The sound that they have going when she comes out is that adventure, kind of like Indiana Jones theme music playing. And they did the same thing with um, when Cherry walked out. It was kind of like an Egyptian theme, kind of, which I thought was really cool. Um, I love Punky's outfit, too. Really cool. 
Now, the mystical, the magnificent, Merlin the Magician, Punky announces. I noticed when she turns, and I didn't notice it at first because, you know, her back was to the wall. Her back is facing the camera. She has a snake draped across the back of her neck and shoulders, which um, I haven't seen all the Indiana Jones movies all the way through, but I've seen enough to know that he has a tremendous fear of snakes. I think that's kind of cool. Brandon comes through the back doorway wearing a wizard costume complete with a long pointed hat and a yellow star hanging from the top of it. A black magician's cape with multicolored stars on it and a scraggly gray beard. Brandon shakes himself like he's trying to like, ah, get this off me. And he leaps onto the top of the armchair, which that's got to be Brandon's chair. That's got to be his chair because you don't really see a lot of people sitting in it. Mm, sorry, guys. I did take a little drinky poo. You three make quite a trio, Betty tells them. We got a hot shot, a hot and tot, and a whatnot. The camera zooms in on Brandon in his adorable costume. I wish Henry was here to see us. When's he getting back? Punky asks. Lord only knows. That man's got the worst case of cub fever I ever saw. I'm sorry for giving Betty a southern accent, guys. Well, I bet he got us the best seats in the house and best seats in Wrigley Field. I've never been to Wrigley Field, <laughs> but uh, Punky says. <clears throat> the door opens with a disgruntled Henry carrying ripped a ripped up sleeping bag and jacket. His shirt is dirty and one of his shirt sleeves is ripped down the side and his pants are ripped at the knees. Henry. Are you all right? Betty asks. I'm alive. Clinically speaking, he tells her. What happened? Punky asks. I was sure I would get tickets going there 17 hours before the box office opened. Unfortunately, 5,000 other people got there 18 hours before the box office opened. Uh, I think Henry needs to take a... uh, a note in Homer Simpson's playbook how uh, he got there like a, a week in advance or something and like camped out the whole day. I think that's how people do it. I mean, look at Black Friday. You got people camping out a week in advance outside of Best Buy or, to get those 70-inch TVs for like 200 bucks. It's like 18, that's like not even a full 24 hours. So, I mean, and it's Chicago and it's the Cubs. They were big back in the 80s. I mean, I'm sure they're big whenever, but even still. Betty stands up, putting a hand on Henry's shoulder and saying, Henry, you look exhausted. Sit down before gravity wins. Excuse me, guys. It's the pop. What an experience. When I took my place in line, I found myself sandwiched between a stevedore, which I looked up, and the definition for a stevedore is a waterfront manual laborer who is involved in loading and unloading ships, uh, I guess, uh, and a gentleman who introduced himself as Ekron of Venus, which I looked that up, something to do with, like, uh, Greek mythology or, or something to that effect. Henry tells them. Punky laughs quietly at that last part. At midnight, we were all treated to a recitation. Uh, hmm. Did I say that right? Recita- re- recitation. I'm sorry, guys. Of Casey at the Bat by a 96 year old woman wearing only a slip. Ew. Okay, that would be kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, well, did you come close to getting tickets? Betty asks. Close enough to see the man ahead of me by the last two, he says while clenching his fists and gritting his teeth. Oh, Henry, that's awful, Punky says while patting his arm sympathetically. Henry turns to her and says, I haven't even gotten to the awful part yet. I was willing to take defeat graciously, but it's impossible to be gracious when the crowd is using you as a battering ram to break into the box office, Punky grimaces. Well, you tried, Henry, Betty tells him. 
Besides, I always say the best seats in the house are right in front of your own TV. Henry gets up and says, Have you lost your mind? To Betty. Wow, he is like seething with anger right now. <laughs> Betty, of course, she just rolls her eyes at him. It's like, yeah, whatever, Henry. <laughs> it's been 39 years since the Cubs had a chance to get to the World Series, and I want to watch them in Wrigley Field. Henry points out. Well, if you felt that way, why didn't you buy season tickets? She asks him. I had them. For 38 losing seasons, I had them. This year, I decided to save myself the money and the aggravation. And what happens? What happens? He repeats. They go to the playoffs. Punky says just above a whisper. They go to the Playoffs! Henry shakes his fists in anger. He sits back on the couch, practically in tears. I won't be there to see them, he mutters. Come on, Cleo, let's go upstairs. I hate to see a grown man cry, Betty says to Cherry. Henry lowers his hand to glare at Betty. I don't, Cherry says. Can I stay and watch? <laughs> I notice Punky is trying to hold in her laughter. Cherry, Betty calls her out of the room, and Cherry waves goodbye to Punky, who waves back. Cherry resumes an Egyptian pose as she goes out the door, and the Egyptian theme music plays for that. Henry gets up, looks over to Brandon, who is dressed like a wizard, and asks, Didn't I see you in line? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the next scene, we're in Punky's bedroom, and she kisses Brandon goodnight on the head. Aw, I love his little inner tube bed. It's so cute. And she hops into her flower cart bed. I know I've said it a million times. I love this bed. It's so awesome. I wish I had that as a kid. Granted, I love my water bed, too, that I had growing up. <laughs> Henry groans and holds his head as he's coming through the doorway into her room. Henry, it's my bedtime, not yours, Punky tells him. I know, but I'm desperate for this day to end, he tells her. Yeah, I feel the same about Fridays at work, Henry. <laughs> I do. Henry, you've got to snap out of this. It's only a game, she says. Punky, the Cubs are in the playoffs. There's no way they can lose to the Padres. That means the Cubs will go to the World Series. That's history in the making, he explains. A bunch of guys hitting a ball is history? Looks more like recess to me, Punky says. What? he exclaims. Then Henry goes on to tell her how one autumn day at Wrigley Field, when I was about your age, I witnessed one of the greatest events in baseball history. You did? Punky says. It was the third game of the World Series. The Cubs against the Yankees. The fifth inning, the score was 4-4 four to four when the babe stepped up to the plate. The babe? Who's she? Punky asks suspiciously. Not she. He, Henry corrects her. Babe Ruth. Did his parents name him after the candy bar? Punky asks. Eh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the babe had two strikes on him. He pointed to center field bleachers right where I was sitting, and on the next pitch, he smashed a home run right at me, Henry tells her. Holy mackinoli! Did you catch it? She asks. Henry laughs and says, see this bump? As he points to his forehead just below his hairline. Punky looks and nods. That's where the ball bounced off my skull. Wow, she says as she rubs the spot he pointed to. I was hoping you'd experience the same thrill this year, he tells her. <laughs> Punky moves away from him and rubs her forehead nervously, all the while giving him the evil eye. Uh, yeah, I don't think he meant he wants you to get hit in the head with a baseball. <laughs> Will the babe be there? She asks him. No, honey, he's knocking them over the pearly gates now. But you can bet Mr. Cub will be there. Ernie Banks. After Henry says this, a look of realization sets in, giving him the idea of how he might be able to get tickets. That's it, he says. That's how I can get tickets. Ernie Banks, I know him. We're buddies. You know Ernie Banks, she asks. You bet I do. And 
Henry exclaims and leaves her bedroom. Wow, who's Ernie Banks? She asks herself. Well, I did some uh, looking of my own because I had no idea who Ernie Banks is. Like I probably said, um, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but all right, Ernest Ernie Banks, 1931 to uh, uh, 2015, he passed away. Wow, that was like a, just a smidge over two years ago. Um, and mind you, I did get my information from Wikipedia, so it could be correct. It might not. So, anyway, he was nicknamed Mr. Cub and Mr. Sunshine. Was an American professional baseball player who played in the Major League Baseball um, as a shortstop and first baseman for the Chicago Cubs between 1953 and 1971. Uh, I was talking to Jeremy about that, and he said, well, Ernie Banks was more of an, an announcer, so I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess people can edit Wikipedia, so I just take it at face value, which means I could probably even just take it with a grain of salt, so. Anyway, Henry rushes over to the phone, flipping through the phone book, repeatedly repeating Wrigley Field, Wrigley Field. You kids don't know, you younger ones. Don't know what a, probably don't know what a phone book is. This was pre-internet. When your only two choices of looking up a number were the phone book or the operator. Hmm. (laughs) Punky comes into the living room and asks, Henry, asks, uh, how Henry became buddies with Ernie Banks. In 1962, I photographed the wedding of Ernie's second cousin, he tells her. Uh, wow, um, that was well over 20 years ago. Doubt he clearly would even remember Henry, but apparently Henry feels he has an in, being that he photographed this guy's second cousin's wedding. And that made you buddies? Punky asks. See, even Punky is skeptical and sees no clear logic in this plan, and she's only eight years old. I walked up to him and said, Some wedding, huh? And Ernie smiled back at me and said, Where's the dip? And then what? She asked Henry. And then I showed him where the dip was. Now, gangway, as he pushes her past past her with the phone and sits on the couch. Is this what they call a long shot? She asks. No. It's what they call a sure thing. He says, It's ringing. Hello? I'd like to speak to Mr. Ernie Banks, if you'd be so kind, Henry asked the person on the other line. No, it's not in reference to playoff tickets, Henry assures the person. It's in reference to Ernie's second cousin, he tells the other person. Punky smiles and nods like, you so got this, Henry. Thank you, he tells the person on the other line. She's going to get him. I tell you, I can smell the peanuts now, he says dreamily. Way to go, Henry! Punky says as she thrusts her arm in triumph. Ernie! No long time no see! This is Hank! No, not Aaron. Warnemont. I photographed your second cousin's wedding back in 1962. So, how's it going, guy? Warnemont. Henry, Warnemont. Henry says again. Don't you remember? I showed you the dip, he tells him. The clam dip! Anyway, Ern, do you think you could let an old buddy get a couple of seats for one of the playoff games? Feel feel free to say no. And then we hear a dial tone. Hello? Hello? Ern? Ernie? Henry calls into the receiver. Disappointed, Henry hangs up. Don't give up, Henry. What can we do next? Punky asks. There's nothing left to try, Punky. Henry tells her sadly. I can't believe this... The Cubs are actually going to play without us. Punky looks away sadly. 38 losing seasons. This is me saying this. <laughs> 38 losing seasons. He was buying season tickets. And the one time he doesn't buy them, they make the playoffs. How is that? Like, what do they call it? Like a catch-22 or something like that? I thought there was another saying for that. But, um, yeah. It sucks. Maybe he he didn't buy him because, you know, now that he's got Punky, he's really got to watch his money and everything. In the next scene, we see Henry laid up on the couch with an ice pack on his head. 
Hen- uh, Punky comes through the he- uh, hallway and tells Henry in a cheery tone, Henry, there's something on the radio that'll cheer you up. Uh, I don't want to be cheered up. I'm perfectly happy being completely miserable, he tells her. Punky turns on the stereo and the announcer comes on saying, Okay, all you Cubby fans out there, it's time for our playoff tickets giveaway. As soon as Henry hears this, he pulls off the cold compress on his head and he is off the couch. Did he say playoff tickets? Henry asks, unbelieving. If you are our 13th caller and correctly answer our trivia question, you'll win two coveted tickets to tomorrow's playoff game. The announcer says, Henry tells Punky to turn the stereo up and asks what the number is. The number is 555-WMAQ. Be the 13th caller and go to the game. Come on, Henry, I know you can do it. Punky cheers him on. 555-WMAQ, repeats, Henry repeats to himself. I wish they'd give us numbers. I hate looking for letters as he dials on the rotary phone. Now, I remember these old phones. They were a pain, and it took forever to dial a number. You had to put your finger in the little hole of the number and pull it back till you reach the end, and then do the same to the rest of the number. Today's phones are so much easier. Punky tells Henry to hurry. Hurry, Henry! It's busy. I'll try again. Uh, We gotta get a push button, Punky says, frustrated. Well, yes, that would be easier, especially if you had that beloved redial button. How many people have tried to call into a radio? I don't even know. Do they even do radio contests anymore? I don't even listen to the radio. But anyway, back in the day, that was the magic, magic little button. The redial button. So you're not constantly like, oh, dang it, they're busy. Here, let me dial the whole number again. It's like the redial button saves you that time from having to put that number in. (laughs) Henry dials the number again and says, it's still busy. What's the use? As he hangs up the phone. Uh, Yeah, like I said, it's too bad that you don't have a redial button. I'm telling you. (laughs) Punky says, here, let me try. I've got Punky Power. Hey, she said the name of the podcast. Yay! Punky, forget it. It's hopeless, Henry tells her. Man, have some faith, Henry. He's too quick to throw in the towel after two tries. Oh my goodness. Come on, guy. I know you think everything's hopeless, but it's not always. You gotta have a little bit of faith. Alright. The camera zooms in on Punky's face. It's ringing, she tells him, awestruck by the fact that she got through. Hello? What did you say? Punky looks at Henry and says, Henry, I'm the 13th caller! Henry runs over and takes the phone from her. The announcer comes back on the radio and says, Okay, here we are today with our thir- lucky 13th caller. What, uh, what's your name, dear? Henry Warnemont. Henry says, Little Henry Warnemont. How are you today, Henry? The announcer asks. Fine, fine, let's just get on with it, Henry gruffly says impatiently. Okay, today's trivia question is a tough one, so you better put on your thinking count, the announcer says. Punky hands Henry the cold compress, and he puts it down. Now, for two tickets to d- for tomorrow's playoff game, can you name the windiest city in the United States? Now, let me first of all say, you're, th- you're probably thinking, oh yeah, Chicago, windy city, right? Mm, no. That's easy! We studied it in school! Punky says excitedly, jumping up and down. Quiet, dear, let little Henry answer as Henry pats her head. (laughs) The windiest city in the United States is the home of the Incredible Cubs. That toddling town, our very own Chicago, Henry says proudly into the phone. The announcer comes back on the radio and says, You are absolutely wrong! Like I said, how it sounds like the announcer is going to say Henry's correct, and he's just smiling and nodding, then he, then the announcer tells him the opposite. What? Henry says surprised. The windiest city is Great Falls, Montana, as Punky says it right before the announcer does. Sorry, Henry. Hope there's no hard. Or he's like, sorry, Henry. Hope there's no. And Henry slams the receiver down on the phone and the announcer finishes on the stereo. Hard feelings. Henry turns off the stereo and turns to Punky and asks, If you knew the answer, why didn't you tell me? 
I did, she says. Well, why did you make me listen, he says. All right, you guys, I want to play this clip because I think this is really funny. I love the whole little Henry part. <laughs> so I'm going to play that for you now. I hope you like it, and I will be back in just a moment. Okay, I got to lay off this caffeine. It's making me burp, and that's not a good thing. All right, guys, I'll be back. I don't want to be cheered up. I'm perfectly happy being completely miserable. <laughs> okay, all you Cubby fans out there, it's time for our playoff tickets giveaway. Did you say playoff tickets? That's right. If you are the 13th caller and you can correctly answer our trivia question, you'll win two coveted tickets to tomorrow's playoff game. Turn that up. What do you say the number was? The number is 555-WMAQ. Be the 13th caller and go to the game. Come on, Henry. I know you can do it. 555-WMAQ. I wish they'd give us numbers. I hate looking for letters. Henry. It's busy. I'll try again. Gotta get a push button. Oh. <laughs> it's still busy. What's the use? I've got funky power. Funky, forget it. It's hopeless. It's ringing. Hello? What did you say? Henry, I'm the 13th caller. Give me that. Okay, here we are today with our lucky 13th caller. Little, uh, what's your name, dear? Henry Wanimont. <laughs> Little Henry Wanimont. How are you today, Henry? Fine, fine. Let's get on with it. Okay, today's trivia question is a toughie, so you better put on your thinking cap. <laughs> now, for two tickets to tomorrow's playoff game, can you name the windiest city in the United States? That's easy. We studied in school. Quiet, dear. Let little Henry answer. <laughs> the windiest city in the United States is the home of the incredible Cubs, that toddling town, our very own Chicago. You are absolutely wrong! What? The windiest city is... Great Falls, Montana. Great Falls, Montana! <laughs> Sorry, Henry. Hope there's no hard feelings. If you knew the answer, why didn't you tell me? I did. Well, why didn't you make me listen? All right, everybody. Welcome back. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about my... So, from my childhood, uh, I remember back in 1991, I was nine at the time, and the movie 101 Dalmatians had been released on VHS, and I wanted to get it so bad. I was literally obsessed with 101 Dalmatians. I had, you know, sweaters, you know, shirts, all that stuff. There was a contest on the radio to win a copy of it. All you had to do was call in and tell a joke. If it made the announcers laugh, the DJs laugh, like really laugh, you could win a copy. Well, my older sister Nicole called in and told the joke. I can't remember what it was, but it got a laugh. Not big enough to win a copy of the movie, though. I was really bummed out because that was, you know, my favorite movie. I still love it today. I have it on Blu-ray, so... I did end up getting that movie, though, just not in the way that you think. That same year, my school had a carnival, and the movie was one of the prizes they were raffling off. We were all sitting at tables in the gymnasium, and they drew a ticket and called the winner. I was so sure it was going to be me. I was meant to get this movie. I thought, like, oh, all my problems in my life would not suck nearly as much if, as long as I had this movie in my life. So when they called someone else's name, I figured it was just a mistake. So I started walking up there. My dad asked me where I was going. Like, you know, where are you going? They didn't, they didn't call your name. Sit back down. And I was just standing there, and I just started. I broke down, just bawling. Like, my heart was <laughs> ripped out of my stomach. Gut-wrenching tears. And I sat back down. The guy who won felt so sorry for me that he just gave me the movie. I was sitting there and all of a sudden I opened my eyes and on the table, the movie's like just there. He, he felt terrible. 
Honestly, you know, that wasn't my intention, but it was a nice surprise. Well, then Eddie, the maintenance guy, opens the door. We have not seen Eddie in a while. Probably not since, what, uh, Punky gets her own room when he helped her out there? Hey, Mr. Warnemont, I just heard you on the radio. Boy, I thought everyone knew about Great Falls, Montana. Go away, Henry yells. Way to kick a man when he's down, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie opens the door completely and walks over to Henry. Listen, Mr. Warnemont, Punky asked me to try and find you tickets for the playoffs. I think I figured out a way, as he points at his hat. Oh, really? Yeah, a scalper, Eddie suggests. Is that why he's pointing at his hat? <laughs> Forget it. I detest those lowlife creatures. They prey upon a fan's loyalty for profit. I'll have nothing to do with them, Henry informs him. Gee, that's too bad, because I have a scalper downstairs with tickets to tomorrow's game, Eddie informs him. Don't just stand there. Show the gentleman in, Henry, Henry tells Eddie. Wow, Henry changes tune fast. He's got to be desperate to go to that game. He's got to know, of course, you know, like he said, scalpers charge way over the top prices. I was talking to my husband last night, and I asked him, wouldn't there be other playoff games? It's not like if they lose this first one that they'll be done with the playoffs. I mean, I know I'm not a baseball fanatic, but there'll be other games, Henry. Eddie walks out the door and around the corner, and then we are introduced to Lenny the Loop, who comes in and says, Have no fear! Lenny the Loop is here! Yikes. Oh my god. He's got his own catchphrase. Seriously, watch out, Henry. This guy. Yuck. And Lenny's dressed to the nines in a gray striped suit and gray pants with a close cropped Gfro. Just looking at him, he looks like a slime ball. Oh yeah, he's also got a Brooklyn accent. No, no offense to Brooklyn. Probably not a Brooklyn accent anyway, but you know, one of those, one of those um, New York type accents. The camera pans over to both Henry and Punky, both who are not impressed. Even Punky's grimacing like, huh, gross, this guy. Don't trust him. Lenny the Loop, Henry clarifies. Yeah, not to be confused with Lakeshore Lenny. Y yeah, you see, I got more class on my little finger than that scuzz face has got in its whole operation. Lenny explains as he adjusts his tie. Mr. Loop, would you like some Kool-Aid? Punky asks. Ugh. No, thanks, kid. I'm on a... How the heck does he say that? Criticalist Slenderella. What in the heck is that? Is that like a 80s fashion, you know, a, a diet of some, like the 80s diet craze or something? I mean, I grew up in... I, I was born in 82, so, you know, Atkins probably hadn't been around just yet. Or... Alright, so... I don't know what that is, some weight loss deal. I even looked it up, so I'm guessing it has something to do with weight loss. He then grabs Punky's chin in his hand affectionately, then palms her face saying, Coochie coo there, kid. First of all, gross. You don't know where that hand has been. And second of all, this guy is a jerk with a capital J. But then again, he's Lenny the Loop, so what do you expect? All right, let's talk some business. Loop's the name, ticket's the game, and ticket's exactly what Lenny's got. As he opens up his jacket and you see rows upon rows of colorful tickets for uh, every event known to man. There's like 12 rows of tickets in the suit jacket. He must have had this thing custom made to have all these little pockets. Ta-da! Lenny shows off his merchandise. I got the Rod Stewart concert, the King Tut exhibition. He turns to Punky and says, Boy, I really took a bath on those, huh? How about the Jacksons' victory tour? Henry, the Jacksons! Punky says excitedly. Forget it. Forget it, Lenny repeats. All right, we got the Super Bowl, the Kentucky Derby, the synchronized swimming as he throws those tickets on the floor. Oh, looky here. I got two tickets for the National League playoffs for tomorrow's game. I'll take them, Henry says. Lenny pulls the tickets away from Henry's grasp. Don't be so grabby, Gramps. You know, money talks or I walk, he tells Henry. Yeah, there is a good reason he takes the money up front before showing Henry the tickets. What a swindler. How much, Henry asks. Well, these two tickets are going for 500 bucks a piece on the street. How much are they going for up here? 
in this apartment? Punky asks. Lenny laughs. Cute kid, as he cups Punky's chin again. I'll tell you what. Just because the kid is involved, I'll let you have these two tickets for 950 bucks. What? Henry exclaims loudly. Read my lips. Lenny mouths. Mr. Loop, we're very, very poor, and we don't have that much money, Punky tells him. All right. I'll tell you what, kid. I'll, t <laughs> I'll let you have these tickets for 700 but that's my final offer. That's still too much money. Henry, just buy one ticket and go to the game without me. I'm sorry. Quinn is... <laughs> Quinn's hanging out behind my, uh, between my ankles here. I got a blanket. Um, oh, I don't know where she went. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt that. <laughs> Henry, uh, just buy one ticket and go to the game without me, Punky says. But Punky, Henry says sadly... I know it's a lot of money, but you don't have to buy my medicine this month. The doctor says I don't have much time to live anyway, she explains. Lenny looks at her like he just might believe her. Then she fake coughs and then falls back into the chair like she passed out. Lenny starts to clap. Oh, bravo, kid! You ought to be on Star Search, kid! He says. Now, for all you young listeners, Star Search was a show that came out in the 80s and carried through the 90s and early 2000s. It's kind of like America's Got Talent mixed with American Idol, which I don't think American Idol's even on anymore. Lenny looks at Henry and says, ain't buying it. Punky jumps off the chair and says, all right, we'll give you a hundred bucks for both tickets, take it or leave it, she tells Lenny. <laughs> you got yourself a deal, kid. Lenny shakes, says shaking her hand as Henry pulls out the money. Lenny takes the money as Henry, as he, he tells Henry, You know that kid's got real talent. You ought to develop it. Henry pulls the tickets out of his hand and says, I can't afford the lessons. Now, if you'll excuse us, Henry says, leading Lenny to the door. Oh, sure, Gramps. Hey, listen, I want you two to have the time of your life. Oh, by the way, speaking of time, do you want to buy a watch? Lenny hold, asks, holding out the other side of his jacket. And you see all sorts of watches hanging on the inside. Henry closes the door on him. Punky, we're going to the game! Henry says, excitedly waving the tickets. Yippee! Punky shouts, hugging him. In the next scene, we have an outside shot of Wrigley Field Stadium. The marquee out front says 1984 NL East Champions. I'm getting uh, National League. Now we have a montage of the Cubs flags flying outside of the stadium. And then we have the Cubs team warming up inside the stadium. It's a bright sunny day and we see the shadow of someone practicing swinging a bat. Then we see a pitcher warming up on the mound. Someone wiping down their bat with a rag. It's kind of funny that there are two older men talking by the net. Well, that's not funny. They're, uh, they're, maybe they're managers or something. Uh, two teammates talking. <laughs> this is kind of funny. We have two teammates in the dugout rust resting. One with their head on top of the other guy's head. And the other guy's head is on the other guy's shoulder. Someone hitting some balls and getting hit. Someone was like hit the guy who was, um, pre you know, batting, practicing batting, and someone like hit a ball and apparently hit him right in the uh, stomach. Uh, Punky and Henry walk up outside to a roped off section to buy some souvenirs. T we see T-shirts and hats. Henry buys her a blue Cubs hat and a pennant, which is like a little flag on a stick. She's seen riding on Henry's shoulders, and she's got a stuffed Cubs doll, player, uh, player doll. They go through the entrance, and the guy takes their tickets. He doesn't even look at them. He just nods and lets them through. He, I mean, he just, like, takes it, like, oh, okay, rip. There you go. There's your stub. It's like, um, yeah, that wouldn't happen today, because they would probably scan the barcode on the ticket, would be my guess. Then we have another montage of someone walking around a, um, a vendor with food for people to purchase. And then we see someone eating a candy apple. We also see the men watering the field with a hose as the opposing team is doing drills on the field. 
Someone's got a camcorder and we see the Goodyear blimp. Were camcorders, were they allowed at the game back then? We see aerial, uh, an aerial view of the field, which is really cool. Punky's got a hot dog and they're in the stands looking for their seat. Henry's seat sets down, uh, Punky down and says, okay, row J seats 119 and 120. Henry, someone's in our seats, Punky says, surprised. <laughs> not for long, they're not, he tells her. Let's see, where are they? Right there, she says. We see two nuns, a heavyset lady with binoculars and a thin lady played by Bonnie Urseth, who will play in a special episode of season two, Punky Brewster, entitled The Gift. Pardon me, and then Henry realizes it's a, a nun, and he clarifies by adding, sister. Yes, she replies, and the other nun nudges her and says, Sister Mary, I think I see Ryan Sanborn. Yes, it's number 23. Go, Rhino, go, she shouts. Excuse me, Henry cuts in. The nun mentions another player, Leon Durham, and shouts to get his attention. Sister Mary says, I'm sorry, you were saying, to Henry, I was saying that you and your sister, sister, are sitting in our seats. There's some big guy behind the nuns that interrupts and says, I'm trying to watch batting practice. Now move it or lose it. I'm like, you know, look, they're trying to get their seating situation figure out. They're not blocking him. He needs to shut it. Seriously. Punky goes up to him and says, Excuse me, but that's not a very nice way to talk. If you don't be quiet, Henry will have to teach you some manners. I'm like, oh, no, Punky, no, you're making it worse. The guy stands up and goes over to Henry. Is that right, Pops? You gonna teach me some manners? The guy is wearing a stained and ripped white shirt under his jacket. Okay, if you were going to a game, wouldn't you at least want to look somewhat presentable? I mean, yeah, this guy is probably made up to look like just your run-of-the-mill, you know, jerk of a guy, I guess. Um... You know, and I think if this happened today, a security guard would more than likely be coming up to see what was going on and hopefully throw out this guy because he is clearly an instigator. They were doing nothing wrong. They were just trying to figure out what was going on with their tickets. And all of a sudden, he jumps in like, I can't see. I'm trying to watch batting practice. It's like people saying, shush, I can't hear the commercials on the television because you're talking. Like, come on. Seriously? Enough's enough. My daughter is young and impetuous. Anyone can see that when it comes to manners, you, sir, wrote the book, Henry tells him. The guy sits back down. Henry mumbles something. I seriously, I could not make it out. I rewound, I, um, rewound it like twice. But the guy overhears it and stands back up and says, What did you say? He demands. Oh, guy, seriously, just sit down. Henry, qu quick on his feet, says, huh, I was admiring your shirt. Well, that was a nice save, but even he had a weird look like, Why? Why are you admiring my shirt? <laughs> Sir, I do believe we are sitting in the proper seats, Sister Mary tells Henry and shows him her subs. That's odd. We both have tickets for the same seats, Henry says. I bet one of us has fake tickets! Uh, Punky realizes. I'm like, Punky, seriously, d don't don't say that out loud. <laughs> but yeah, for anyone over here, like what fake tickets? Okay, out out you go. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, you could be right, Punky. Henry ag agrees. Henry chuckles. <laughs> You've been had, sister. He tells the nun. My good man, we got our tickets from the Cardinal's office, she informs him. Are you insinuating his eminence was sold counterfeit tickets? <laughs> There's one bored every minute, Henry says. Hey, sister, is this old geese hassling you? You want me to hit him for you? The big guy from the back asks. No, that won't be necessary, my son, she tells him. But stay close, she adds, and goes back to looking through her binoculars. That's the, um heavier set one that we will learn her name is Sister Bernadette. Sir, I think you should look at the date on your stubs, Sister Mary tells Henry. Quinn, what's going on, baby? What? You want attention? You want attention? Do you want to be on the podcast too, you little goofball? Sorry, guys. Quinny, uh, Quinny's down here. She wants some attention, apparently, you goofy girl. 
All right, sorry about that. <clears throat> so Sister Mary tells Henry to look at the date on his stubs. National League Championship, October 1884. Henry reads out incredulous. See, there we go. That's why he didn't, uh, Lenny the Loop did not want you looking at his, uh, those tickets before he handed over the money. <laughs> right seats, wrong century, the other nun laughs. Boy, if you can't trust Lenny the Loop, who can you trust, Punky says. I love Punky's vest. She wears, she's got a light blue one and, you know, today, and then the other one I've seen her in was purple. You can't trust scalpers, period, Henry corrects her. I should have known better, he tells himself. Sister Bernadette, I believe these, believe these people have learned their lesson. Perhaps we should offer them our seats, Mar Sister Mary suggests. Get real, sister, Sister Bernadette scoffs. Sister Bernadette stands up and says, I've waited 39 years for this day, she informs Henry. I would take it, it would take an act of the Almighty from seeing this game. Here we sit and here we shall remain, as she takes her seat. Look, let me level with you. My daughter is dying to see this game. Punky looks at Henry like, uh, that's a bit over the top, Henry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Quinn's just, uh, being a goofball here. Quinny, can you find something else to do? Please? Quinn? Come on, girl. Get down. That's a good girl. Thank you. Sorry for the interruption. Quinn's not normally down here, um... This time of day, she's usually sleeping. I'm, not that I don't appreciate your company, girl, but uh, I'm trying to um, do this episode for people. Yeah, go talk to London over there. Okay, let's find out where I, I left off. Okay. Punky looks at Henry like that's a bit over the top. <laughs> Henry, for me, it's no big deal. But for her, it's the dream of a lifetime, he tells him. Well, I'll tell you what. This adorable little girl is welcome to sit on my lap, Sister Mary tells him. Punky sits on her lap, smiling, and Henry smiles. Sister Bernadette looks at Henry like, no way. And Henry has the nerve to ask, how about me? She looks at him and shakes her head. Ever heard of the phrase, fat chance? She tells him. You know, for this lady, she's a nun. So basically, she's a lady of the cloth. You know, man of the cloth, lady of the cloth. She's not really giving me the greatest impression on nuns. I mean, the uh, Sister Mary is. She's a nice, sweet lady. But Sister Bernadette, come on. You're out in public. People are seeing you. You know, you're in your nun habit and everything. I mean, yeah, Henry kind of came off as a, a gruffy old goat there. You know, accusing you guys and everything. But even still, come on, lady. She's not as bad as that guy sitting behind him. Alright, so Henry takes Punky by the hand and leads her away. They walk around the stands and suddenly Punky gets an idea and takes off. Did she not learn her lesson from lo the Lost and Found episode? <laughs> Apparently not. This is the worst place to be run go running off. It's a lot bigger. There's way more people. And, you know... Just things can happen. You don't run off in big public places like that. Henry looks around for Punky and winds up back where the nuns are. And Henry says, excuse me, but my daughter seems to have left me. <laughs> Can't say that I blame her, Sister Bernadette says. Henry! Punky comes rushing up. Punky, don't ever run away like that. I was worried sick. Now my wrinkles are going to have wrinkles, Henry tells her. <clears throat> the big guy says, and your butt is going to have blisters if you don't get out of here, he yells at Henry. Henry comes on, uh, Henry, come on, I found us some seats, she tells him. What? he exclaims. I met these really nice people, and they said we could sit with them. I don't know much about baseball. They may be lousy seats, but at least we can watch the game, she says. Lead me to them. At this point, I'll settle for the lousy seats in the park, he says. All right, guys, I'm going to play you that little clip because it's just so cute. And, you know, after the really bad setup they have with the tickets and everything, this is a beautiful payoff. So I'm going to play that clip. I'll be right back. So I'll see you soon. Henry! Don't ever wander away like that. I was worried sick. 
Now, my wrinkles are going to have wrinkles. And your butt's going to have blisters oh. if you don't get out of here. Here, get us some seats. What? I met these really nice people, and they said we could sit with them. I don't know much about baseball, so they may be lousy seats, but at least we can watch the game. Lead me to them. At this point, I settled for the lousiest seats in the park. All right, guys, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that clip. So, where did Henry and Punky find seats to watch the game? Well, I'll tell you, they're sitting in the dugout, which I'm sure is strongly prohibited. They would not allow that, but for the show, they allowed that. Punky and Henry are cheering from the dugout and having a great time. One of the players signs Punky's Cub player doll. There's a shot... There's... Hmm... There's a shot of them looking kind of sad or angry, so maybe um, the Cubs like had a bad couple hits or something. I or uh, maybe they struck out or something. You know, I wonder what happened. Then they're cheering because someone hit a home run. The crowd's going wild, and the nuns are cheering and having a great time, especially Sister Bernadette. There's a close-up shot of Punky chewing a big wad of gum, and then. Her spitting on the ground like the players do with their tobacco. Henry just looks at her like, what did you just do? Then rolls his eyes like, whatever, and sits back down in his seat. The Cubs did win, which I did say. They did win the World Series on November 2nd, 2016. The Cubs won the World Series for the first time in 108 years, beating the Cleveland Indians 8-7 to in 10 innings. I remember that, you know... Like I said, not a big, huge baseball fan, but I just happened to catch the end of the game, and my husband Jeremy was like, you know, they could go on for a while, because it was already going on, you know, well past 10 o'clock, going on 11 o'clock at night, and I was just like, oh, hurry, hurry, win, I can't stay up so much later, I'm getting tired, so luckily, I, they did win, I got to see it, I got to witness history, you guys, it was really cool. Alright, so that is the end of the episode. It's time for Brandon's tail wag rating for the episode. I give this episode 3 out of 5 Brandon tail wags. I would have given it 2 because I'm not a huge baseball fan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I gave it an extra point for the Halloween costumes, which were adorable. Okay, last week I did the episode question of the week for season one, episode six, entitled Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which is this episode. And the question was, do you have any memories when you went to a baseball game as a child or did you play on a baseball team? No one commented, so I thought of a time when I was eight and tried out for t-ball or softball. It was just one practice that I remember, and I was with my cousin Laura... She and I really didn't get along too well. And when I threw the ball, it accidentally hit her, her arm. And she thought she that I did that on purpose, which I assure you I didn't. So she threw the ball at me. I can't remember if it hit me in the shoulder or something like that. I think that was the only time I practiced and never went back. I did go to a Whitecaps game when I was a teenager, probably 14, 15. Which, the game I thought, you know, it, it was good. I think we got seats on the lawn, which... You know, and we had some binoculars, so that was kind of cool. But I'm not I'm not a huge baseball fan. I mean, I think I'm not, in general, I'm not a huge sports fan at all. I mean, I do like to see a little bit of hockey. My husband's a big hockey fan. Detroit Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Um, I looked for a program as we were leaving the stadium and found one on the ground. I didn't get any souvenirs. I don't even know if we even got any food or anything because we had dinner before we left. I remember my grandpa, you know, he's not alive anymore, and we were eating corn on the cob, and he had given me a toothpick. And I said, well, what's this for? And he said, well, let's get the corny corny corn out of your teeth. (laughs) Uh, So I remember that about that. Alright, so I did ask a bonus question that was Halloween related. What was your favorite costume that you wore to Halloween? I did say wore as a child, but I mean, I should open it up to like adults too. One person answered, Barbara Wright on Facebook said, My serial killer costume I wore in 2005. I think then I ended up sick. Just so you know, listeners, this was an adult wearing a costume, uh, not a, this costume, not a child. <laughs> All right, it's time for my 
awesome new segment entitled Punky Peeps Around the World, where I go and I uh, give a shout out to some new listeners for uh, last week and part of this week. So we have some new listeners from all over. It's time to give you guys a shout out. So for this episode, my U.S. listeners, we have Brooklyn, New York, Menlo Park, California, Hyattsville, Maryland, Bellflower, California, Carroll Stream, Illinois, and for today, uh, we have Fairmount, Illinois, um, Birmingham, Alabama, and to my international listeners out there, we have Melbourne, Australia, and Sarabaya, Indonesia. I Forgive me if I uh, got that incorrect. I, I'm really sorry. I did try to f- see how to pronounce that to hope that I would do it right, but... Now, it's time for my episode question of the week. For next week's podcast for Season 1, Episode 7, Parents' Night. Did you ever have a Parents' Night at your school where your parents came in and you got to show off your artwork and desk and introduce them to your teacher, etc.? Um, I might also throw a bonus question in there um, to the episode itself in a way like I mean we'll have this question but for those of you if you want these episodes should be on YouTube so if you want to watch along with me as I go through the episodes you'll make it a little more funny for yourself or um, I want to do uh, an extra question like a bonus question entitled something to do with the episode itself like um, what did Margo wear in this scene or what did Punky say in this scene or something like that something that makes you okay like go to YouTube watch the episode find out the answer you know email me or you know on you know hit me up on Facebook Instagram or Twitter or however you want to do it so that way you know you guys if you don't have memories you have another option to be able to answer an episode question and you can become an official punky peep of the week um, like I said, I will be posting the question on Instagram. Also, my Facebook, Punky Power, Punky Brewster page. It's under Punky Power on an official Punky Brewster podcast page. And the Twitter page. So there are many ways to answer this question. If you would like to become an official Punky Peep of the Week, you can do this by answering the episode question of the week or boy by going to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Now, I did have, you know, one review by John Pernsek. He runs the How Rude Full House podcast, which I love and inspired me to get into doing my own podcast. Thank you again, John, so much. So, if you guys want to ma- be an official Punky Peep of the Week, just, you know, go there, you know, rate and give me five stars. And, um, you know, review my podcast. That would be awesome. I just... I, I want to know how I'm doing. I want to know, you know, what you guys like. You know, if you like it, all that good stuff. So, you can also submit your stories. If you have any stories, you know, memories of what Punky Brewster means to you, if, whether you watch her as a child or you're just coming to her later in life by listening to this podcast, or maybe you're introducing your children to punky you know this this podcast it is it's a clean podcast there's no bad language so that way you guys can you know listen to your uh, with your kids like if you're going on a trip to the grocery store or, or, or something like that so um like i said you can submit your stories and your memories to me by going to punky power pb podcast at gmail.com That way, you know, you have a little bit of privacy or you can even share your memories on the Instagram page or, you know, the Facebook page. Uh, Let's see here. Alright, so like I said, I will list the pages again. We have Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Twitter at Punky Podcast and Instagram at Punky Power PB Podcast. So that is the end of this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to joining you next week. So like I said, hit me up on social media, Gmail, all that good stuff. 
Let's see, I gotta think of a catchphrase here for something, say something like, all right, it's a sunny day, time to get your punky power on, and have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon, and I will see you hopefully next Monday with episode seven, season one of Punky Brewster, entitled Parents Night. Okay, have a wonderful, wonderful day, you guys, and thank you all for listening. I love you all. Thank you.